for great-looking t-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. This is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk, TNT Radio. All right, round two. As always, if you ever miss an hour, everything is archived over at tntradio.live. Some tech news, some algorithm ghetto news. Fast Company uh, just published an article titled, Boston Experimented with Using Generative AI for Governing. It went surprisingly well. And they write, current bureaucratic procedures developed 150 years ago need reform. And generative AI presents a unique opportunity to do just that. As two lifelong public servants, we believe that the risk of delaying reform is just as great as the risk of negative impacts. Blah, blah, blah. They go on to say that the level of transformative change now will depend on visionary political leaders willing to work through the tangle of outdated procedures, inequitable services, hierarchical practices, and siloed agency verticals that hold back advances in responsive governments. You know, it's it's good from time to time to read some books and white papers and not just be reading news segments um every day because I, I want to go back to something I, I first mentioned over three years ago, algocracy. And there's this uh, white paper published by globalchallenges.org assessing the drivers of global catastrophic risk. Now tell me if what I just read doesn't sound like what their plan. This is Nick Bostrom. He says, and I'm, re I'm reading quote, this is page 40 from the report, quote, an issue directly related to many contemporary global challenges concerns algocracy or, or rule by algorithm. It could be that civilization has become too complex for any human or group of humans to govern competently. Alternatively, if mass surveillance is necessary to mitigate agential risk, the risk associated with such programs empowering individual state and non-state actors could surpass the risk associated with malicious agents and emerging tech this may point the way to an alternative solution to our semi-anarchic default condition, um, which could be considerably superior at reducing our vulnerability uh, proposed regime of mass surveillance. This implies that future global governance may need to be algocratic. Given the corruptibility of human beings, we may need to abolish our modern Westphalian state system and establish a global governing apparatus run by a non-corruptible algorithm. So it's exactly what this article in Fast Company is um, discussing. Uh, so again, it's 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 good to, to be reading the elite's own white papers. Uh, Amazon's drone delivery is a dismal failure that can only carry a single can of soup. It hasn't been a revolution in delivery tech, that's for sure. So this is some good news. And last hour, as I was discussing with Terry, um, there was a Pentagon official saying that even he so far is not optimistic on autonomous drone swarms. But here it's being reported that after a decade of drone dreams, Amazon's autonomous delivery service seems to be barely functional. The mega retailer is still only delivering via drone in two cities. And even those who use the service say that it's more like a nifty toy than a useful delivery option because of its many 
limitations the drones can only carry small items there are five pounds or less and that can survive a 12-foot drop uh, the drone deliveries are hamstrung by environmental factors as well rain wind and heat uh, so I, i'll take that as some some good news and there's a new uh, report from nature medicine wireless broadband acoustomechanical sensing system for continuous physiological monitoring the abstract says the human body generates various forms of subtle broadband acoustomechanical signals that contain information on cardiorespiratory and gastrointestinal health with potential application for continuous physiological monitoring so is this are they saying that basically this is yet another way they're going to be able to monitor our bodies pretty crazy some uh, political news this is pretty funny hungary's ruling party unveiled billboards vilifying European Commission President Ursula Gertrude von der Leyen the first time it has made her a personal target in the campaign similar to one against her predecessor that angered Brussels uh, depicts uh, von der Leyen alongside Alex Soros and it says let's not dance to their tunes that's fantastic work uh, they're doing out there in Hungary um, also we've got reports uh from wall street journal saying the era of total u.s submarine dominance over china is ending uh china has recently rapidly been expanding its surface fleet which now exceeds the u.s fleet by a number of ships and that the u.s needs new strategies below the waves to face a more potent adversary um also strange stuff going on in the middle east commercial flights are experiencing unthinkable GPS attacks and nobody knows what to do new spoofing attacks resulting in total navigation failure have been occurring above the Middle East for months which is highly significant for airline safety is this just fear porn to get us not to fly you know you got the airline pilots who took the COVID injections and now this uh basically you'll own nothing and you won't be going anywhere uh also Argentina is no longer joining BRICS says top aide to Javier Millet we do not understand the interest in the block of leading emerging markets including China despite membership being poised to start from January isn't that interesting um so I guess we'll have to stay up to date with that uh and also what's uh, interesting that Russia is weaponizing weaponizing time Ukraine tells uh NATO there was an interesting uh meeting uh, and some of the things that were said there was that uh again Russia's weaponizing time and that also Russia has an enormous potential to ramp up production capacity and they proved it during World War II that this is a big economy so uh that was also uh interesting a reminder that if you have a suggestion for a possible guest or host you'd like to hear on TNT or a topic you feel we should discuss we'd love to hear from you just fill out the suggestion form at tntradio.live or you can message any individual presenter or host through our respective uh, contact form help us make a difference on tnt radio connecting the dots painting the bigger picture they always have great conversation today's news talk radio tnt on tuesday Changpeng Zhao, the founder of the world's biggest cryptocurrency exchange, Binance, pleaded guilty to money laundering charges. Here with the story, joining me once again is TNT Radio News producer Adam Clark, aka Ruckus. 
Thanks, Rory. Uh oh, crypto. What happened? Uh, so we have, uh, they've been looking into Binance and, uh, Mr. Yao, who likes to be called CZ, by the way, that's his affectionate nickname in the cryptocurrency community. Uh, but following a years long investigation, both Binance and CZ, uh, have agreed to enter into a plea deal with a range of U.S. federal agencies, including the Department of Justice and the Department of Treasury. As part of the deal, Binance agrees to plead guilty to criminal charges and pay over $4 billion in penalties as part of the sweeping settlement. The crypto platform was charged with three counts, including money laundering, conspiracy to conduct an unlicensed money transmitting business, and violations of U.S. sanctions, according to a court filing. Uh, as for the head... <laughs> Mr. Zhao, uh, CZ, who on Tuesday appeared in court in Seattle, Washington, to plead guilty for failing to maintain an effective anti-money laundering program at Binance, agreed to step down as the CEO of the company. He said on a post in, on X, quote, today I stepped down as CEO of Binance. Admittedly, it was not easy to let go emotionally, but I know it is the right thing to do. I made mistakes and I must take responsibility, end quote. As part of the plea deal, Binance has agreed to forfeit $2.5 billion and pay a criminal fine of $1.8 billion, according to the DOJ. Uh, Attorney General Merrick Garland, in a statement, said, quote, Binance became the world's largest cryptocurrency exchange in part because of the crimes it committed. Now it's paying one of the largest corporate penalties in U.S. history, end quote. Besides being hit with a total financial penalty of $4.3 billion, Binance has agreed to retain an independent compliance monitor for three years and to bolster its anti-money laundering and sanctions compliance programs. Binance's violations included failing the sorry failing to prevent and report suspicious transactions with terrorist groups including Hamas's al-Qassam brigades, Palestinian Islamic Jihad, al-Qaeda and ISIS according to the Treasury Department. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, the felon, said in a press release, quote, "Binance turned a blind eye to its legal obligations in the pursuit of profit. Its willful failures allowed money to flow to terrorists, cyber criminals, and child abusers through its platform." End quote. The crypto firm also failed to prevent and report suspicious transactions from a bevy of ransomware attackers, money launderers, and other criminals, as well as matching trades between U.S. users and those in sanctioned countries like. <clears throat> Iran and North Korea, according to the Treasury Department, money from the fine imposed on Binance will be split among various government agencies. That's right. You're not getting a penny, people. Sorry. Three point four billion dollars going to the Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, FinCEN. Uh, their settlement also imposes a five year monitorship and requires, quote, Binance's complete exit from the United States, end quote. That's what the Treasury said in a statement in which it noted that the company's violations of U.S. and sorry, violations of U.S. anti-money laundering and sanctions laws undermined, quote, America's national security and the integrity of the international financial system, end quote. Oh, yeah. In addition to that, Binance will also pay a fine of $969 million to the Office of Foreign Assets Control, the OFAC, with the agency requiring Binance to abide by a series of robust sanctions compliance obligations. 
I think you get the picture, Rory. Just going to find them out of existence and take away opportunities and options for people to use uh, systems of currency outside of the, uh, you know, the fiat garbage and or the impending CBDC. What do you think? I mean, it's crazy. Look at the trend. Everyone's going down, you know, from Jeremy Kaufman's library, LBRY, um, Binance now, FTX, I guess Coinbase is still going. And I mean, it's so disingenuous what the gov US government is saying here. Oh, terrorist groups use crypto, so we got to ban you. It's like the US government literally finances terrorism. The US government literally you know, supports jihadi takfiri salafists, ISIS and, 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 and whatnot. You know, how many over the years reports have I read from Iraqi generals and the Afghan prime minister, uh, even Putin all saying, you know, they, they literally um, American helicopters literally, literally airlift ISIS. That's what the former Afghan premier uh, said in an interview many years ago. And so total lying liars. It's like, well, you know what? Terrorists use U.S. dollars. So ban dollars, ban the Federal Reserve because, you know, they're the ones printing the dollars which terrorists are using. So let, let's ban the, ban the Federal uh, Reserve. And basically they're, you know, paving the way for uh, the one ring to rule them all, the central bank digital currency, eliminating the competition, uh, whether it's these crypto exchanges, uh, individual crypto currency coins, uh, if, if, you know, they're going to ban what they can, maybe um, swallow up, you know, uh, take over what they can't, you know, perhaps like Bitcoin, maybe they'll dollarize Bitcoin. Um, but, you know, I'm generally not keen myself on, on, on crypto being a U.S. citizen. I'm wary of using crypto because as far as I can tell, you know, you have to report all your purchases and sales to the IRS. So I'm just like, I'm just going to deal with use cash. But I know, you know, there's a lot of people out there keen on, on, on crypto. So um, what do you make uh, of all of this? Yeah, I don't I don't know. The jury's out with me whether or not you have to do anything when it comes to uh, certain government agencies. But that's just me. Um, now, as far as this this topic is concerned, I believe you're correct that there that cash offers a problem as well uh, in the eyes uh, fighting crime and, you know, terrorism and, and human trafficking and drug trade, all all bad things, of course. And they're, they're, as you said, trying to paint the same type of bad man picture against crypto. So the ultimate solution is a, a it's it's a version of cash, a version of crypto that's not quite cash and not quite crypto. And that's the ultimate solution to this clearly Hegelian uh, problem we're seeing play out, Hervori. So yeah, this is just the other side of the argument about uh, moving us towards the CBDC, where they can actually track, trace, and control uh, everything we do. But hey, it's okay. At least we'll be safe from terrorists, right? We will be cattle tagged. And uh, I, I forgot to mention this. There's a piece Sputnik published a short interview with Sergei Glaziev, one of the Russian economists uh, who's come out and said, blockchain technologies will help dethrone US dollar. He says, quote, I believe that the development of digital technologies and the already announced plans for the introduction of the digital ruble, digital yuan and digital rupee will lead us perhaps as early as next year to move first to digital settlement and national currencies. This is much easier than going through banks. There are no endless restrictions and regulatory fears of sanctions, said uh, Sergei 
Glazdjev, this will serve as a solid foundation for the introduction of a new digital international reserve currency in the future based on an international agreement. Maybe this is sort of what it's all about, uh, Ruckus. Uh, anyhow, have a great evening. We'll catch up with you. Manana, we got TC Pearson coming to us from Minnesota to talk local corruption. Their phone lines are open. We'll be right back. TNT Radio's Rick Munn. I'm looking also at South Africa in terms of uh, ESCOM, which is a company that we have talked about a lot here. That's the South African electricity provider. ESCOM has posted a massive 24 billion rand loss for 2022-2023 financial year, exacerbated by a huge escalation in load shedding, which is basically blackouts, for want of a better expression, mounting municipal debt and skyrocketing losses due to criminal activity. That's both within the company, I would say, and outside of the company. The group presented its first full-year financials for the 12 months ending 31st of March on Tuesday. It said the year was characterized by a significant deterioration in performance, including a steep decline in energy availability of 56%, down from 62%. So half the country are having difficulty getting any electricity at all. And most places are undergoing what's called uh, load shedding, which means for up to 10 hours per day, you could be disconnected from the electricity supply in South Africa. Locked and loaded with Rick Munn on today's News Talk TNT Radio. Chief Division Counsel and DOJ have approved a no-knock breach. We want the subject be on display, doing the walk of shame, full visual impact. Any questions? Are we becoming a police state? The government told American citizens they couldn't go to church on Sunday. For the first time in my life, I'm saying to myself, am I going to get a knock at the door? FBI warrant, come to the door now! The Patriot Act and FISA were used against Donald Trump. These individuals have commissioned the biggest propaganda play in U.S. history. They don't go after the people that rigged the election. They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. We don't need to have a crime. What we need is a person to look at. And then we go find out what crime you did. FBI! Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is going to be domestic terrorism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. It's what we do best. This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. By the way, I just wanted to comment. Uh, that was the ad from the, the, the Dinesh D'Souza's Police State film. I purchased it a couple weeks back on Rumble, 25 bucks. Uh, money very well spent. Um, very good film, so I highly recommend uh, that. And we got returning to the Rebel Transmission, T.C. Pearson, uh, host of the Minnesota black robe regiment which you'll find on pentagon tube what's happening tc well uh thanks for letting me come back so soon i, I wasn't planning such a uh quick return i mean normally i'm, I'm i exhaust all of my knowledge trying to keep up with you 
And uh, last time I was a little cheeky. Today I'm going to be a little bit more serious. Well, you know, uh, b before getting into some of the this stuff, I, I did just want to mention. I, I noticed I must have missed it uh, about two weeks ago. You interviewed Michael Rechtenwald, uh, which I is did, somewhere indeed, I'm going to yeah. check that out. And and by the way, I don't know if you caught the news that he was canceled by his publisher, which is pretty insane. Yeah, I saw he did post post on that. So I mean, all these people coming out talking about how Rechtenwald's a shill and and uh, controlled opposition. I'm like. Mm controlled opposition doesn't get canceled by their publisher very often so yeah and you know i i met him earlier this year at an event and got the you know you, you get this this vibe when you meet people in, in person and he just he seemed like authentic like like who, who, you know he is the guy that you see um on on podcasts and yeah i don't think he's controlled um you know opposition. he he's given me an endorsement that even though you don't know it he's given me an endorsement to fill in for you all right well yeah you said i'm a very good interviewer so i mean I, if you I, ever need if you ever need anybody i i could use some <laughs> some time off a guest guest host but um and and you know i i like what you do it's it's everyone's has a different focus but i like how you focus on local corruption and i was checking out uh your recent uh interview you did with this guy i'm forgetting his name now but it's uh, the sheriff's failure, a deputy's downfall. Um, yeah. Basically, local, I guess, a local policeman out there in Minnesota up to well, some sh shenanigans. Yeah. Uh, what, so, what, you, so this is this is in, this is involving my former employer, the one that came after me uh, during COVID and got rid of me because of my stand against COVID protocols here in Minnesota and defending business owners. And we talked about it, you know, now a couple of times that, that I've been on. And uh, so now we have this recurring theme uh, on not just my show, but just in our conversations of what appears to be just absolute corruption or lack of professionalism, which to me is just another form of corruption really. And the story that I'm talking about involves a, a young man who I actually had contact with. His name is Chase Johnston, and um, he's from Olmstead County, uh, where I worked for nearly 13 years. And he he was incarcerated uh, for a time while I was a deputy uh, in the detention center up there. And he and I had had some experiences together in, in that regard. And when he found out what happened to me, he reached out to me when he was released from prison and said, you know, Hey, sorry to hear what they did to you. It's, it's not right. You know, you, and I'm not tooting my own horn here. I just, you know, relaying the conversation and that, you know, he thought I was one of the ones deserving of respect and treated people decently. And that opened up a door for us to begin to talk. And Chase had decided to start doing some predator hunting a little, you know, think, uh, what is it? Alex Rosen? Um, can't think of his name right now. He's big on Twitter. He's got a Rumble channel dedicated to predator hunting. And uh, and uh, he decided he was going to do some predator hunting in southeast Minnesota. And when I say predator hunting, of course, I'm talking about child sex predators. And so Chase um, just downloaded some apps and within a very short period of time began to catch adult men uh, predominantly, I don't know if he had any women, but he definitely had, I think we, 13 or 14 uh, adults in a very short period of time that were grooming and attempting to meet underage children 
underage men and women or boys and girls for the purpose of sexual contact. And in one case, Chase reached out to me and said, Hey, I think I recognize this guy. And he sent me the picture and it happened to be a corporal who was a deputy that I worked with at the time in the Olmstead County Sheriff's office. And I said, that's Matt Adamson. And Chase says, yeah, that's what I thought. This is really shocking to me. And I said, dude, you got to turn this in. You got to take this straight to the Rochester, Minnesota police department. And you got to make a file a complaint with them, you know, with the Olmstead County Sheriff's office and, and Chase it didn't hesitate. He went to the Rochester Police Department. He gave him all the information, gave him, you know, all the proof, gave him the chat log, gave him the pictures, um, gave him, gave them, showed him the video of Matt showing up. And this was a year and a half ago. And this, there again, folks, this is a deputy in Olmstead County. He gave him all of that information. They investigated it, de- determined there was nothing there. And uh, basically turned on Chase. The prosecuting attorney in Olmstead County said, not only is there nothing, you know, here, I, he basically ordered Rochester Police Department, the Olmstead County Sheriff's Office, and all other law enforcement in the, in the county to not take any of Chase's uh, stings credibly. Because he didn't like his style and Chase admittedly was, you know, kind of aggressive a few times. Uh, I don't, it would be hard not to be when you know what these people are trying to do. And, um, and basically discredited him, discredited Chase because he was a convict that he'd been in prison. And most, you know, so like right after my uh, last appearance on your show or right around the same time, story broke of an arrest that was made in Rochester, Minnesota, which is the third largest metro area in the state, home of the Mayo Clinic. And the arrest was of Deputy Matt Adamson. Done it, via... It, it, if, if you guys ahead. hold that thought right there, we're, 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 we'll stop with his arrest. Yeah, we're going to go to the headlines and be right back. Question. Huh? What are you guys doing today? The news. Now, TNT Radio News. Sounds good. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. Elon Musk X has filed a lawsuit against Media Matters over its efforts to link ad placements on the platform to neo-Nazi content, a strategy the far-left nonprofit has used in the past to trigger ad boycotts against conservative media companies. A small boat crammed with illegal immigrants capsized off the southern Italian island of Lampedusa on Monday evening, killing a two-year-old girl and leaving at least eight people missing. The Common Housefly Caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes just makes matters worse. Then, dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website. Whoa. Dinner's ready. Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. TNTradio.live. We're back with TC. Pearson, uh, find him on Twitter X at Robe Regiments and on YouTube, Minnesota Black Robe Regiments. Someone in the chat, Tom in the chat says, Hello, TC. You seem to be another cool guy that Hoodvoya uh, interviews. And uh, going back to what you said, Alex Rosen, yes, it's Alex Rosen. I just searched the Twitter. It's uh, I Fight mm-hmm. for Kids, yep. 177,000 uh, followers. But 
getting back. So you're saying that uh, Chase, this guy that you knew who had, yep. who had formerly been a convict, um, he reported this over a year ago, and finally, year this and guy a half was ago. now year and a half ago, and and, and now he's yep. uh, arrested. Finally, the corporal. Well, and and it sounds like oh well, great, that's great news. I caught him. The problem is, is that it wasn't my understanding from some sources that I have is that this wasn't some sort of long ongoing investigation. This was happenstance. Um, it just kind of a normal sting they do of people trying to uh, pick up and, and groom underage boys and girls. And the MO that this deputy used when Chase did his sting was identical to um, what he did with the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension and the Rochester Police Department. Identical. The exact same thing offered uh, to buy alcohol for underage girls in exchange for sexual favors. Uh, had the same, you know, had a, you know, a meeting set up and actually he got, the reason we know there was no investigation is because had they conducted an investigation the first time, there's no way this guy would have had the guts to continue at least in his home territory that way. There's just no way. And uh, at least not in a year and a half, maybe scared him off for two, three, four years but this is this is actually just kind of a icing on the cake because we knew we knew about I've been following this for a year and a half waiting for some sort of story to break because I couldn't just run this news uh, on my own channel because I didn't you know there's no way they're going to tell me anything I could do all the data you know data information requests with the sheriff's office they're not going to tell me but guess they do not the some of the deputies I get along with still, but the senior management for the most part does not like me. I don't know why. Um, but there's no way we could talk about this story and not basically be, you know, you know, guilty of slander or libel or whatever terminology you want to slap on it. The worst part about this, brother, is that Chase had done another sting not all that long ago, and he was talking to a man from about an hour away from where he lives. And this guy knew he was talking to an underage boy. Chase was posing as a 16-year-old boy. This guy offered to buy marijuana and share it with this 16-year-old in exchange for sex. They were going to meet for sex. He showed up at Chase's apartment building. All of this, all we have... You know, and, and I would encourage people to go over and watch the video on my channel so you can hear the more in-depth detail. This guy shows up, meets Chase and his significant other in the lobby of their apartment building. Chase and his significant other confront this man, call him out for his behavior. This guy calls the cops. The cops, the Rochester, Minnesota Police Department show up. They let the, the sex predator go. Now, here's the kicker. The sex predator was in prison for 10 years for the exact same thing and just got off of parole not that long ago. He's a level three sex offender in Minnesota, which means he is an egregious offender. He's on a registry. They let him go. Sergeant Ben Schlag of the Rochester, Minnesota Police Department trumps up false imprisonment charges on Chase, arrests him, Holds him in the Olmstead County Adult Detention Center for two days, comes back with a felony stalking charge instead of the false imprisonment charge. Guess what happens? Just I know you it's 
going to blow your mind. Uh, brother, tell me what you think ended up happening to the sex predator. What do you think? Free man. Free man. Folks, free man. If you're, if you're listening, if you're watching, I know this is blowing your mind, right? Because you don't have to agree. Maybe you don't like the predator hunting channels. I, you know, whatever. Maybe you don't like that. But they let this guy go, a man who clearly has a, a record. So why is he free? And Chase is facing felony charges going to court in February. In February, he's got to go to court and fight this. While the predator is out there, scot-free. And the and the what makes it even worse is that a neighboring county, Dodge County, Chase did a sting over there, and the sheriff there has his own problems, but the sheriff there took Chase's evidence, used it to justify investigation, investigate and prosecute a sex predator over there who sat in, get this, the Olmstead County Adult Detention Center for a year, for a year. The same county that this deputy was in that got arrested, the same county that wouldn't do anything about this, didn't investigate their own deputy because there's no way the sheriff didn't know if Rochester Police Department really did investigate this a year and a half ago, you know that Chief Carlson of the Rochester Police Department picked up the phone and called Sheriff Kevin Torgerson and said, hey, just so you know, we're investigating one of your deputies. So either they lied and they never investigated or the sheriff and the chief and everybody else swept it under the rug and just and just let this deputy continue for a year and a half to try to victimize or actually victimize underage girls for a year and a half. And then let a convicted sex predator go so that they could prosecute Chase when another county used Chase's evidence to lock a guy up for a very, very long time for child pornography and for grooming and all of that stuff. Folks, it, I know we're conservatives. We're, you know, right of center libertarians. We're supposed to be, you know, not necessarily rah-rah cops all the time or rah-rah back to blue all the time because there's always problems. But if there's one place where we could really get on board and to get the cop, you know, get behind the cops, it would be going after predators. <laughs> and like, where, where do we draw the line on trust anymore? Jorve? where, where, where do we, how do we end this? Because it, it, you talk to people and they're like, oh, the cops didn't do anything wrong here. The, the, the county attorney said the only person who made a mistake, the only person that committed a crime here was the deputy Matt Adamson. Nobody else did anything wrong. I, what? <laughs> it it, it, it sort sorry. of reminds me. It sort of reminds me of a story that I heard recently in L.A. I don't know if you caught it. That within the space of twenty four hours, four L.A. Uh, PD or cops quote committed suicide. And it's like, come on, please. Um, you know, they must have been whacked by you know there have been cases like this in the past and uh you know that sounds like an inside they, job to me yeah and if they're going to go to that extent to protect their crimes to to whack policemen uh or, or something you know so, so what i'm hearing from you isn't that um surprising just real quick um tc we got a call from joe i don't know if he's still on the line are you there joe yeah, I'm here, guys, kind of uh, veering off what you were talking about, but this uh, in regards to being whacked, uh, when Trump took out Soleimani uh, at the very beginning of 2020, we know that Iran still has a grudge for that. And uh, I was thinking about they have such amazing drone technology 
and they trade with uh, Cuba and Venezuela, correct? I'm assuming there's Iranian ships that go into Maracaibo, Havana, or whatever ports are in Cuba. And uh, Trump, you know, they obviously know where his bedroom is at the Mar-a-Lago compound. I was thinking they could easily send in a drone off a ship, fly it in, you know, five feet over the ocean, way below, you know, below the radar, and then have it just kind of arc up and then arc down right into Mar-a-Lago, into his, you know, residential area there. I was thinking that would be a really easy way for Iran to take out Trump, and then the power structure who's in now, the Biden, you know, puppeteers, would be happy that, oh, Trump's gone, Iran took him out. Um, would there be defenses against that, or do you think that's a pretty plausible scenario? I mean, this has never come into I don't, my yeah, mind I don't, anything like I don't, this. I, I, don't, I don't think that's a very plausible, not with the... Uh, not with some of the technology that's out there that for anti-drone tech, but uh, now I feel like I feel like Joel stole my thunder. I I, I kind of I don't feel so, Iran so they, would do. I mean, I don't think they'd do anything like that. that there's a lot of anti-drone technology out there, and you'd be surprised at uh, what you'd be surprised at what they could do. But yeah, um, interesting question. So you're saying that they could detect a drone, like I said, just come five, ten feet off the Atlantic, coming towards Palm Beach, they, they could sense that that's coming in? There are electrical net options out there uh, for some high security areas where you're not even going to get a drone. You, you wouldn't be able to get a drone in just because of the, the technology there that, that cancels a lot of the, the communication signals. Those drones still have to have, a, have, to have communication and navigation. Uh, linkage uh, to be able to to operate and that's uh, pretty hard to do on some of these places right okay yeah i didn't know about that yeah i appreciate you answering that thanks guys yeah and you know that gives me an idea speaking of drones uh tc regarding the corporal Hey, you know, we the, should the, we the, should uh, attach a drone to use, him while he's you, out on you bomb. could use drones uh to to survey the um the, these predators you know i've seen drones drop into my backyard here in mexico uh spying on me that happened once so it's just like um you just don't have the did, right technology i just i didn't catch it in time but <laughs> um so is do you think there'll be any justice with this the corporal well you know everybody deserves their day in court so i guess you know for lack of you know, better, better terminology, I guess he, he has a right to, to a defense. I don't begrudge him that I imagine the preponderance of the evidence will probably force him into a plea deal. Um, he is not going to want to go to prison, not based on this crime and, uh, based on his former career. Um, when Chase and I talk about that in the interview, he will not be treated well for multiple reasons. And, uh, the justice that I think we really need to be pushing for here is they got him. We need to start talking about some reform and, and the, 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 the way that Chase is being treated. Chase is, Chase is a victim here. And I know a lot of people are going to have some, you know, initial um, reticence in their response to me saying that for in, in, in Chase's case. Well, you know, he is a former convict. That, well, the guy served his time. And he is trying to turn his life around. He is trying to make his life better. He's, you know, 
he he launched his predator hunting uh activities because of what he experienced in in prison and in in lockup um and it, he has tamed you know tamed down some he has served his debt to society and now he's trying to make the world a better place and this is how he's being treated it, it's really a commentary on our social structure here in the u.s altogether we talk so much about second chances but we really don't give anybody a second chance we, we really don't you know certain people you know martha stewart can go to jail you know for tax evasion and come out and you know record shows with snoop dogg and all of that and become friends with all these superstars and other you know people can get locked up and you know do their little thing and everybody they're a superstar because they're a superstar because they're a superstar and other people can have run-ins with the law serve their debt to society and they can't get a job again or they can't get a job that takes care of their family because we don't have built into our structure as, as a society or morally any sense of restitution of that individual to our culture they just they we write them off as a lost cause and i don't see that in chase and and what i hear in this young man now is his heart is heavy because he really was doing the right thing and here he is he has like the this this sergeant ben schlag had to have lied and just had to have really just taken and written a report in the most slanted garbled way possible to make chase out to be the bad guy here I, well, the, it's the, just asinine they're protecting their own um and i've seen microcosms of the, of this thing you know in other areas like i worked in education and you see same um, thing i've seen people uh who were totally incompetent who should have been fired yet the you know for whatever reasons whether it's kind of like what you're saying because they're friends of of the the higher ups or it'll yep. make them look bad they'll invent all this other stuff just to, just to keep them there but what's worse when we're talking about the police it's see the, the situation is it's it's even more dangerous because um they, they could have prevented so much of this if they had just actually done an investigation and looked at what chase gave them a year and a half ago maybe there wouldn't be any other victims and this sergeant by the way this ben schlag is the exact same sergeant that when i called to talk about pressing charges on the university president when he when i believe he he unlawfully touched me and tried to take my equipment away from me threatened to charge me with filing a false police report Sometimes and then we're... after <laughs> and then after that after he called me back and that uh body cam footage of that phone call is on its way to me as of today then after that he called the university president to say, did you do any of this stuff? Did you did you assault this man? Did you try to take his equipment? Like, like you tell me in what world does a person call to try and file a criminal complaint on somebody and the police call the person to criminal complaints being filed against and say, hey, did you do this? Are you it's, yeah, <laughs> it doesn't happen. If you, <laughs> yeah, if you could hold that thought, TC, I got a few more questions. We're going to jump to our break. We'll be right back. With his expert analysis and opinion, this is TNT Radio's Timothy Shea. Who says legislation isn't a contact sport? 
We nearly came to blows today in the United States Senate as Senator Mark Wayne Mullen of Oklahoma squared off against Sean Butterbean O'Brien, the general president of the International Brotherhood of Teamsters. O'Brien had been very critical of Mullen on X, tweeting, greedy CEO who pretends like he's self-made. Just a clown and a fraud, always has been, always will be. Quit the tough guy act in these Senate hearings. You know where to find me, any place, any time, cowboy. Mark Wayne Mullen read that tweet and said, here is a place, now is a time you wanna go? And Butterbean said, let's go. Cooler heads like Bernie Sanders intervened. They weren't going to come to blows anyway. This wasn't quite the caning of abolitionist Republican Senator Charles Sumner by pro-slavery Democrat Senator Preston Brooks of South Carolina in 1856, but it was good to see a Republican show a little spine, show a little enthusiasm for his position. Now, if we can only get Mark Wayne as focused on election integrity efforts and on budgetary issues as he is on posts on X. For MAGAinstitute.com, this is Timothy Shea for TNT Radio. I want to eat, eat, eat apples and bananas. I need to eat, eat, eat apples and bananas. Why can't I eat? Support the Feeding America nationwide network of food banks to help provide meals to those in need. Join us at feedingamerica.org. Critically analyzing global affairs, this is the Hervoy Moritz Show on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It's our final segment with T.C. Pearson of the Minnesota Black Robe Regiment podcast. You'll find it on YouTube uh, as well and discussing a local story of corruption out there and you know another interesting point is uh, how would you call it vigilantism um that's what the I, you know, that's I, what they labeled him they labeled him a vigilante and i'm right like, mm. but, but you know i mean there are these people you talk sure. about citizens arrests uh or yeah. or the, these people like him uh you know who are trying to catch child predators and you know that in itself can be dangerous but i also find it can be difficult because i think you might often get the reaction that he got from authorities like the authorities don't really care or they don't take it seriously or you might be the one that, that, that gets into trouble um your further thoughts on on this idea of citizens taking matters into their own hands i think it's the most libertarian of perspectives to be honest with you um i think that in, in a truly just society, in a, a truly free society, we will be a self-policing people. And that doesn't discount the, you know, necessarily a need for maybe a, a locally centralized place where you can go to seek community. And I, I, I almost cringe using that terminology, but I think it's the best way to say it. it that's the way it used to be. Now, granted, it wasn't perfect. I mean, you're, you name like, is our criminal justice system in the U.S. perfect now? I mean, come on. I, if people are like, oh, you're going to have so many people that are going to, you know, like, no, it's like we've got people from January 6th that are locked up and we now have video evidence <laughs> that exonerates the vast majority of them and nobody's making any moves to free these folks. So, I mean, if you're going to lean on how wonderful our criminal justice system is in the United States, we have the highest rate of incarceration of any first world country. Is that justice? I mean, is it? Minnesota's a 
Another example, we got people who are going who've gone to jail for decades for marijuana, but sexual predators, oftentimes their first time, they get a slap on the wrist, you know, 10 years probation, maybe, and get told now, no, 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 no more victimizing children. Don't do it again. And so, yeah, you're running a risk, but at some point you have to that you have to get angry and stirred up inside and say, I'm not putting up with this garbage anymore and I'm going to do something. And maybe the only thing I can do is embarrass this person. Sometimes that's all it takes. Nobody had a problem with Dateline NBC and, and to catch a predator with Chris Hansen. Why? Well, because that was Dateline NBC and he was Chris Hansen, you know, and he still is doing his own thing. He's still doing this stuff. And everybody loves it. But boy, you let somebody in the small town or or even a large city go out and do it on their own that doesn't have the backing of a news station, then all of a sudden now you're a vigilante and you're dangerous and we can't take we we can't take your evidence. Well, no, that's hogwash. And and what do you people say constantly? When seconds counts, police are minutes away. Well, they can't be everywhere. They can't like really like you don't want to live in the kind of state where you can have a cop on every corner. Because you're talking East Germany. That's the Stasi, folks. And if they can be on every corner, they can be in your house in the, in, in the blink of an eye. That's not the, that's not the kind of state you want to live in. So sometimes I think things like this, it maybe, maybe it'll get the cops to change their focus instead of being worried about stupid stuff, like whether or not you're, you know, you're doing 65 in a, in a 55 or driving without a seatbelt on or whatever the case might be, maybe we can invest a little bit more time in training officers how to go online and set up these kind of stings instead of you, once you every know, six months. This reminds me, I think, that the, the only time that I was ever interrogated at the police station was um, when I was robbed. I was the manager of a supermarket in Northside, Chicago, 21 years ago now. You're I lucky think. you uh, lived through that. Yeah, three guys stuck a gun in my face. I opened a safe for them. And then, no you know, I, I, uh, and then I caught it. Well, you know, it was, it's not my money. So. <laughs> but um, Here, would you like some cigarettes and a beer? Would you? <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I call the cops as soon as they leave. Like, you know, it was quick. It was a um, dozen cops showed up. And but it was funny. They asked me to come down to the station sometime after. And they were asking me about everything that I recalled. And then they started this line of questioning of whether I was involved, you know, and I guess they got a fraud, the false flag uh it's funny you know when they, they, they no, gotta they, you know they question oftentimes they are inside jobs but why can't then they play apply that to other uh, vast aspects uh of the government you know, like 9-11 and no no that can't be inside job no, uh, but hey, maybe, no maybe the manager was involved in the robbery right <laughs> well so there's you know it's, you know it's because you're so culturally diverse they didn't know which way to look at it i mean yeah they, yeah they, but, they you know, had to... <laughs> uh, another thing that came to mind though hearing this story was you know you, you look at what happened recently in, in california with gavin newsom and the visit of xi jinping and gavin newsom openly admitted like yeah we could we cleaned everything up it's like you know we could have done this long ago we could have cleaned up san francisco but we kind of don't really want to uh or or in this case in minnesota it's like the, the cops there can do their job but it's like they don't really want to even here in mexico i heard so, someone tell me that you know there's uh the mexican government has a lot of surveillance capabilities um that th they could basically quickly uh you know do away with the cartels but they don't want to you know because they, they they get uh money uh 
as well. And so it just seems like there's this big trend of the authorities aren't doing their jobs. They're corrupt. Um, there's only one end to every, every state. And, and, and you know what I mean when I say state. So for people that are listening, the state is any, any body of governance over you that you, <laughs> that you elect. And then they sit there and tell you how to live your life. That's the state. Um, it, it's always going to end in corruption. You can't, you can't name one that doesn't end in corruption. One thing I do want to say, and I know we got to get ready to wrap up. Um, I know you're about done. Chase is currently being represented by a public defender, uh, euphemistically in our area, known as public pretenders. Uh, some of them do a good job, but most of them are overwhelmed. What we'd like to do is we'd like to get him an attorney. So if anybody watching is an attorney or is licensed to practice in Minnesota and would be interested in representing Chase, please uh, reach out to me, podcast at uh, yahoo.com mbrr podcast at yahoo.com and i'm also working to put together a give send go so that we can raise money for a legal defense fund for chase um i've had a rough week been a lot, had a lot of stuff going on and so i'm going to try and get that done with this uh longer uh weekend that i have coming up and uh that'll be up on i'll put it up on my uh twitter feed and up on my youtube uh comment section so chase deserves um a good defense and justice needs to be found for for this the shyster that set him up and somebody needs to answer for why this guy could not be arrested when they arrested chase i mean like, fine arrest them both if you really feel like you have it arrest them both but don't let the sexual predator go and why wouldn't you investigate this guy a year this this deputy a year and a half ago if it wasn't for what you said brother which is they were just covering up they're just covering up and now they're embarrassed. They're just embarrassed is all. They, they're just, they're, they're covering their tracks. And, you know, you never know who's listening if anyone can help. Um, you know, I interviewed last year on my podcast, John Whitehead of the Rutherford Institute. Mm -hmm. And one of my other semi-regular TNT radio guests, um, Dr. Jo Joseph Sansone, um, asked me, you know, he's out in Florida and there was a guy running a uh, military dude who was um, I have to I'm gonna have to get the details uh, pretty soon, but something went wrong, uh, political persecution. And now John Rutherford, um, sorry, John Whitehead of Rutherford is taking up this guy's case. Chris Crowley, wow, that's amazing. Uh, he's going to be joining me next week here on TNT, Chris Crowley to, to talk more about this. And so very cool that John Whitehead took up um chris crowley's um case out there in florida and we'll be talking about that next week with chris uh on the program uh, so i wanted to tell the story here you know people yeah so you know it's uh uh if anyone can uh assist it's one minute to midnight uh or less uh so i, I was gonna ask you are you afraid uh tc i am not suicidal I'm not suicidal. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not afraid. I mean, yeah, I'm sure they hate me, but boy, you should have. I was, I was a little nervous going in the police department today to to request all the body cam footage from January with all of this stuff. I'm like, mm, are they gonna like? Are you videotaping? You know, well, yes, are you? So, <laughs> I gotta. Uh, I appreciate your you, time, I mean, brother. Yeah, thanks for coming on. And you know, it's it's it is really brave what you are. Uh, doing out there so keep it up and I encourage people to check out your uh, the podcast Minnesota Black Robe Regiment uh, and people can go ahead and contact you uh, I'm signing off Steve Malsberg is up next so stay tuned be seeing you